All right, chapter 12, verse 1. We are ripping through here. Yes, we are. Chapter Ooh. 12. Woo! Slow down. Mm. Slow down. Slow, Slow down. down. Timer, recorder. <laughs> What's that? Timer, recorder. She's, oh, timer, yeah, she's recording. They they thought it was too complicated. <laughs> Me doing two things was too hard, so they took one off my plate. Aw, that's nice. <laughs> that's, that's nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God is good. What time is it? I don't want to go too long. It is eight to six. Oh, okay. Well, that was a long prayer time. But once again, I will say that prayer time is important. Absolutely. Uh, Chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. Uh, (laughs) This starts to become a recurring theme. Uh, Not an issue of stealing the farmer's grain. Uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes. <laughs> One of the several times they accused Jesus of breaking the law regarding working on the Sabbath by helping someone, by doing something good. So I guess what they're saying is you can't eat on the Sabbath. I mean, it. anyway, I'm going <laughs> to... Move in your mouth. Yeah, yes. I'm going <laughs> to... This just tells you they're really trying to find something. This Just think of this, of the politics of this. They are watching everything he does, and there's not one thing he does that is wrong. Now, I can't say that about me. You watch me long enough, man, and it won't take long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before I get out of this basement, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, constantly. Uh, they were even trying to set him up. You know, there's a lot of theories that they were actually sending people in to do this stuff, and, you know, Let's see what he does. You know, that's sort of skullduggery. Uh, Jesus gives a three-point argument in response to their complaint. Uh, he uses David. He uses the priest uh, that, and the, that were in the temple. And then he uses the fact that, well, this is the catch-all. I'm God. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. And what I do and what I want is the law. I made the Sabbath. It's mine. That's so cool. there, there's that one. <laughs> You know, oh, that's the big one. Well, that's the one that stops it all, and that's the one that'll get him killed. Because when he yeah. says that, they go, yeah. "Oh well, yeah, we can't argue with that, so we'll kill you." That's blasphemy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. And you know, and and honestly, if he wasn't doing the things he was doing and preaching what he was preaching, they would have a point. Those miracles, man, they mean something. Oh yeah, they really do. Now, it's important to note that while they're scheming. I do believe that these things are orchestrated by Jesus also on the Sabbath. He knows. Uh, the point he is making is that the traditional law of the Pharisees. He he's doing it so the Pharisees will. The Pharisees are doing it so that they can accuse him of something. He's doing it so, so they, that he they can accuse him and he can respond. He already they, says they're going to do it. Yes, <laughs> he. They think they're playing him. He's playing them. Yeah. I mean, every one of the every time this happens. He wipes the floor with them, you know, and it's uh, the law of God is governed by two principles. Love God, love your neighbor. And he's a, he, he will bring that up continually. Well, a lot of what they're doing is not necessarily based on the scripture, but is based on their it, own. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. They I, I'm, I'm going to bring that up. They have uh, now this one. I, you know, I get what they're saying, but man. 
pulling grain, just pulling the grain off. I mean, they're not milling it. They're not see. They're they're just. It would be the same in your house as picking up a piece of bread and eating it. I mean, they're just pulling the grain off and chewing it, and <laughs> to just sit and follow. <laughs> you know, aha. Uh-huh. You know. Anyway. Orthodox Jews, they have people come in their house yeah. to throw the light switches and stuff yeah. for them. Really? Yeah, it, it's so it's it's like them sin then. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like the Amish. Yeah. It, you know, that's they'll have, they'll rent a house to white people, which is what they call us, yeah. and uh, and then they'll put a phone in that house, and then they'll go use that phone. That's okay, <laughs> but they can't. It, it's yeah. it's yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. The law of God is governed by two principles. There were 613 laws given in Scripture. Like Frank said, there are 613 laws from God. Now, the Mishnah was a law that supplemented the law of God. So we're going to help God out here. The law of God regarding work on the Sabbath had 39 categories in the Mishnah. This is their law. Categories. This is the rabbinical law. (laughs) So they made themselves needed, because who the heck knows this stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we're the ones who decide, and we're the ones who made the law, so you have to go ask, can I do that? You know, and it's just so bizarre. Two, ordinance three. Yes. (laughs) Defining what work may be done. And a a lot of these 39 categories had subcategories. Oh, wow. We're talking volumes. They had added to the law of God and were holding people to it as if it were sin to violate it. Jesus spoke against this. An example, on the Sabbath, you could not remove husk because you were guilty of harvesting. You couldn't rub the heads together. You're guilty of threshing. You couldn't clean or bruise ears. uh, Guilty of sifting. Or throw them up by hand. You're guilty of winnowing. However, if you wanted to remove a sheath of grain, you could lay a spoon on it. And in the process of removing the spoon crunch you you could remove the sheath that ruse was not a sin no not this is real stuff so but if you should accidentally or just lay a spoon on top of that grain and then when you pick it up you push it down and it and it grinds it well that's okay because you're picking a spoon up, you're not. They yeah. had a committee meeting. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was a there was a bishop involved. I'm sure. It was. Yep. The BS. And we got emails. Somebody yeah. had OCD. Uh, yeah. Buddy. Well, it makes them it makes them important. It secures their own job. You know what I mean? They're creating their own job, their own importance. Uh, walking more than two thousand cubits, a half mile. From your home on the Sabbath was a violation of the rabbinical law. Some Jews wiggled around this law by continuing their journey by walking backwards. Oh, jeez. Never heard that. After the prescribed 2,000 cubits forward. Oh, excuse me. What I'm saying is you had to work to avoid working on the Sabbath. Sabbath. It was more work. So if I if I wanted to go on a journey... Good thing it wasn't work to count those numbers. Uh, amen. <laughs> uh, trust me, somebody was counting, man. Um... So if I had to go on, like to somebody's house that was a half mile away, I had to walk back backwards oh, if I wanted to return the, on the Sabbath. That didn't count. Even though I'm still covering. Well, meet uh, me halfway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there ain't nobody I want to see that bad. Anyway, and ain't nobody wants to see me that bad. I can tell what if you, you ride a horse or a donkey? Uh, I, yeah, I go backwards. Well, you're, I guess you're not working. You know, but 
you're the depth of this, and I, I just say this. I'm just yeah, saying this yeah. because I want you to understand the depth of what Jesus is uh, railing against. Yeah. He's not railing against the law of God. He does this. There's this constant tension. Their power and authority over the people was the rabbinical law. He's coming and telling them, "You don't have any power authority because your law is, you know what I mean? It it's meaningless, you know." Bogus. Yeah. And he doesn't get mad at them. He just. Okay. Well, he, he tells them and tells he tells them why they're wrong and then yeah. he walks away and they all go we're going to kill him Yeah, their traditions are no substitute for or addition to the law of God they violated love your neighbor by saying they could not perform a healing on the Sabbath I mean majoring in a minor is the best way to put it uh, from Matthew 23 1 through 4, 13 through 15 and 23 through 25 this is where Jesus just gets tired of it and just says it plainly there's no more games. Jesus spoke to the crowd and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in chairs of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you to do and observe, but therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe. He said, res basically, respect, respect them. You know, and man, this, this is something we all have to remember. Even if they're wrong, if they have a position of authority, respect the position, respect the authority. But do not do according to their deeds don't be like them uh, for they say things and don't do them uh, they tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger in other words they're asking people to do things they don't do do what I say don't yes do, what, do I do. what I say don't do what I do without without even hiding it yeah. you know but woe remember I told you anytime you see Jesus saying woe to you oh, yeah, it's woe. important oh, stuff yeah. Oh, yeah. no this is you should be afraid. Be very afraid. You know. Everywhere that woe sign is. Why aren't you scared? You know. I remember what was it God said to? I can't remember who it was said to. Oh, when they were attacking Moses, and God said to the people, the the people were attacking him. You know, I talked to him face to face, like like a man talks to a man. And they said, Yeah. He said, Well, why aren't you afraid to talk about Moses? Why aren't you afraid of me? Yeah. This is that. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Gee, I wonder why they killed him. Because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people. You know, their job was to lead people into the kingdom. And what he's saying is everything you're doing is keeping them away from God. For you do not enter in yourselves. Well, how can you lead them in? You're not there. Nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So the people who are trying to find God, they pull them back. This might sound a little familiar to... Anyway, if you remember my sermon from Sunday. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses for the pretense of making, for a pretense you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you travel around on sea and land and make one uh, proselyze, and he who becomes one, in other words, bring in people, believers, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. Woe. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have very small amount, have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. In other words, just because you gave some money doesn't mean you're not responsible for well the big theme of God justice you you blind eyes 
who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. You blind guides, I'm sorry, who strain out a gnat and swallow the camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. Sons of hell, robbers, self-indulgent, hypocrites. Wow. He just unloads. And he knows exactly what that unloading will do, and, he, and that's why he does it. Uh, he's pushing the button that has to be pushed. Hmm. So he's absolutely right, and everything he said is absolute truth. Hmm. And he knows that when he speaks that truth, it'll get him killed. And he just walks up and goes, boop, and presses the button. I mean, this is, everything we're talking about in 12, it is all building up to this statement in 24. So this thing between the Pharisees and Jesus is really big. It is the four Gospels. It is, you can't get away from it. And what that is is false teachers. People who use the kingdom for their own benefit. Okay. The church has been fighting this from that moment to today. And all we can really do is point it out when we see it, and that's my job, and make sure we're not the ones. Because it's really tempting. Because in Scripture and in religion and in theology there is power power to influence people mm -hmm. yeah. and people see that power and they want to get what they can get with it everybody like, faces like this the Catholics had that indulgences just, yeah they, pay. yep what? selling indulgences yeah. Yeah. so we could raise money and let's yeah. let's just make it up that. if we what? can't find it in scripture let's yeah. make it up or let's find a scripture we can bend to it yeah. um, all of us will yeah. try to use scripture for what we want it is a constant battle um, that's why you need scripture to prove scripture. I can remember coming out of a class uh, at seminary and a guy walking out and after I had said some things in class, he says, you know, I really don't think that scripture proves scripture. And I turned to him and says, well, what does you? And he stopped. I said, because it's because you went to seminary. So what you're saying is that the common person who picks up a Bible, unless they are educated in seminary, they can't discern scripture. He goes, no, no, I'm not saying that. I said, well, what are you saying? Because if scripture doesn't prove scripture, the only thing left is you. Yeah. And uh, so, so in other words, you are the authority over Scripture instead of Scripture being authority. And he went, yeah, and he walked away. <laughs> but that's what he wanted to be true. And he said it out loud yeah. in a seminary, you know. And, yeah. He didn't talk to me much after that. I hope he changed his mind. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, he, he was a real, what I remember is he was a really smart young man. Like, mentally smart, but man, he just didn't get it as far as it was too smart. Yeah, maybe. You know, he was trying to intellectualize God ent entirely, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a place for that, absolutely. Yeah. But, man, it's mostly the simple that's one. not where you find God. You the find God. Uneducated people get it. Uh, who did Jesus talk to? The uh, How you find God is in repentance. And it's very hard to do that when you think you're really smart. Yeah, or have a lot of money. Yes, yeah, sir. Either one of those things. Yeah. Mark 7, 5 through 13. Battery is low. Okay. The Pharisees and scribe ask him, How do you how do your disciples not walk according to traditions of the elders? Notice they said traditions of the elders. That's that Mishnah I told you about. Mm. But eat their bread with impure hands. This is them complaining they didn't wash their hands before they And he said to them, Rightly did the Isaiah the prophet say of you hypocrites, as it is written, The people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts are far away from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching as dot this is the phrase. Teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Teaching as law 
the precepts of men. We do it today. I mean, it is a lot of what we're fighting about right now, you know, what our contentions issues are. Neglecting the commandment of God, that should ring a bell today, you hold to the traditions of men. What's well, it's not what we do as men. He was also saying to them, you are experts in setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. In other words, when God's word gets in the way, you push it aside. That should sound familiar. This so is more weight on the traditions than on the Yeah, and, and if scripture gets in the way, they just, eh, turn that page. We don't like that. Right, for Moses said, honor your mother and father, and he who speaks evil of their mother and father is to be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father his mother, what I have... Uh, help you with is uh, korban, which is mean it's it's for God. And how many times have I stood up here and said, you know, before you tithe anything, make sure your family issues are taken care of. Don't take money away from your family to eat, your parents, your children, mm-hmm. and put it here. If if you owe money to the gas company, pay them their money. You owe it to them. Right. You use their service. You know, and I. It's been a while. I should probably preach that again. It's been a long time. Yeah. But if you say, if a man is father or mother, whatever I have, I would help you. It says, given to God, you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. What he's saying is, instead of allowing him to help his parents, you're taking the money off of him to give to the temple. And he says, so you just broke the law of God for your tradition. Thus invalidating, this is the phrase, invalidating the word of God by your tradition which you have handed down and and you do many things such as that which is why on my sermon last week I started with the three points the first one was does scripture have the authority to tell us what to do and what not to do if you don't believe that then stop here and get off the bus yeah because what I'm going to tell you now is all scripture yeah yeah anyway Deuteronomy 23:25 when you enter the neighbor's standing grain you may pluck the heads with your hand but you shall not wield a sickle in your neighbor's standing grain. This is just to prove that they weren't stealing anybody's grain. It was law. Anybody could walk through anybody's field, and if you were hungry, just pull something off the yeah. You couldn't harvest it. <laughs> you know, you, you could eat what you needed right now. Well, you were supposed to leave so much for the poor. Yeah, and there was a, there was a lot. It was a welfare system Ruth. that had to do with work. Ruth. Ruth. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Like you could only go over the field oh, that's once. Part of what happens in the book of Ruth. Yeah. Ruth. Okay. You could only go over the field once. Oh, yeah. You couldn't pick it up, go over and pick up all the parts because whatever you, after you harvested, whatever was there was there for the poor. poor. Okay. You were not to harvest the corners of your fields. That was for the poor. The poor could walk through and eat before it was harvested. Now, they never said what, Scripture never said what a corner of a field was. So these rabbinical people just started to say well this is a corner that's a corner it just kept shrinking (laughs) generosity says you should make the corner as big as you can make it but this was all work fair you had to go get your you had to go pick your own food you know nobody picked it for you you went and did it that's what pastor terry said the key sport salvation army says these people on welfare says they want to deliver to their door he says it says in the bible they had to work to get it yeah they did it didn't say the farmer picked it and set it at your front door. Work fair. <laughs> yeah, work, work fair. Yeah. Work fair yeah. is what it's called. But that's yeah. Ruth and Naomi. Now, that is yeah. that is the heart of Ruth and Naomi. That's how that whole, the, the whole story revolves around this happening. Hmm. And, and and a kind, generous man who told him, leave some extra. When you harvest, 
drop some. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And God honors that. Yeah. When you're getting your change, drop a couple dollars. Yeah. <laughs> verse <you>. two. <laughs> That's a lot of background for one verse, but it's really important. You, you, you can't you can't understand this without knowing that. Uh, but the Pharisees saw this, them walking through and grabbing the grain, and said to him, Look, your disciples do what is not lawful on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Here's, man. Yeah. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry, he and his companions? Now, we read this when we went over the Old Testament. If you don't remember, Jesus gives us a little more. How he entered the house of God, they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor those with him. But for the priest alone. Uh, so what he's saying is, you know what? So why don't you condemn David? Uh, I'm going to give you a little background on that, and then we'll—it's getting late. First um, Samuel 21, one through six. This is what Jesus is talking about. Then David came to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech became trem- came trembling to meet David and said to him, "Why are you alone, and no one with you?" Now, this is when Saul had just decided to kill David, and David is on the run from Saul. Not everybody knows. He had just met with um, Saul's son, uh, Jonathan, and Jonathan said, Dude, get out of here. And so he's on the run, but see, nobody knows that. This is all still confined to the... So when David shows up to the priest at Nod, who was a high priest, actually, uh, a chief priest, sorry, not a high priest, and... um, he sees him alone he's like what are you doing he's worried like what's wrong here so david said to the ahimelech the king has commissioned me with a matter and said to me let no one know anything about the matter in which i'm sending you with which i have commissioned you and i have directed the young men to a certain place so he's telling the chief well the king sent me and my the men who were usually with me because i'm a bigwig in this in the country the soldiers who are with me they went somewhere else He's lying to the priest. Okay. Now, therefore, what do you have on hand? Well, Dave's on the run. He's starving. He, he has nothing to eat. I mean, he, he skedaddled out of town with nothing. He said, give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. The priest answered, David said, there's no ordinary bread on hand, but there's the consecrated bread. They would consecrate the bread, hot bread. They would put it on the altar, and then they would switch it out and uh, they were always hot, fresh baked bread. Well, the ones that had been switched out were for the priest and the priest alone by law. He said, well, we have those. And he said to him, uh, David, uh, he said, no ordinary bread on hand, but there's a consecrated bread. If only the young man had kept themselves from women. Well, that has to do with the law also, that consecrated stuff. And what he's talking about is David said, my soldiers are somewhere else. He said, well, if, you know, I could maybe see me doing this if they would have taken the three days to purify themselves and you know keep away from girl cooties and he um yeah i'm telling you there's a lot in there about girl cooties and david david lies again uh david answered the priest says surely women have been kept from us previously when i set out on the vessels the young men were holy though it was an ordinary journey he, he started to spin a, a yarn how much more today will their vessels be holy? He said, my men are always right, but we're on this special mission, so of course they're, they've consecrated themselves. So the priest gave him the consecrated bread. For there was no bread there but the bread of the, of the penance, which was removed from before the Lord in order to be hot bread placed in its place. Okay, David lied a couple times here. For what? So he could live. 
and so his men could live. And so his men could live. And he's also lying. This is what to keep Ahimelech to give him plausible deniability. He's not involving him. If he tells him the truth, well, I'm not going to read it all because uh, it didn't work. Saul found out. He had him. Now here it says the king turned to Daog, who was a Edomite. He was the only one who would do this because none of the king's soldiers would do it. You turn around and attack the priest, and Daog, the Edomite, turned around and attacked the priest, and he killed that day eighty-five men who wore the linen ephod. Ahimelech and all the priests there, the king slaughtered them. He struck Nob, the city of the priest, so he went to their hometown with the edge of the sword, both men, women, and children, and infants, oxen, donkeys, and sheep, he struck with the edge of the sword. Killed everybody, everything. This, this is Saul, by the way. Is Saul the one that changed his name to Paul? No, yeah. that's New Not Testament that Saul. Saul. Testament. This is King Saul. King Saul. First king of Israel. Oh, okay. Who, uh, the, the prophet came and said, uh, you know, why do I hear cows mooing when I told you to kill everybody? He said, your kingdom is going to be taken from you. Well, he's realizing that it's David is going to take the kingdom from him, so he's oh. trying to kill David. Oh. But because this guy unwittingly helped, and there's a narrative that says, I didn't know. He's your guy. He came and told me, why would I not obey what your guy told me to do? Right. He still has him killed. And it was true, yeah. every word of it. Yep. But one of the sons of Ahimelech, uh, the son of uh, Atub, named Abathar, escaped and fled after David. Abathar told David that Saul had killed the priest of the Lord. Then David said to Abathar, I knew on that day when Daog the Edomite was there. See, he saw him. The Edomite is not an Israel. He's, he's the king's henchman, sort of, that he would surely tell Saul. He said, so basically saying, I was worried about this the whole time. And then he says, I have brought about the death of every person in your father's household. Wow. So David has that burden to bear after he tried to keep him out of it. Well, let, let's look at justice, and let's just say this for a minute. It wasn't David's doing. It was Saul's doing. The guilt for this falls on Saul. But I can surely understand David's heartbreak. I mean, they Saul had fallen that far. You know, and just, well, we'll leave right there. And mm. uh, it's getting late. Let me turn this off before. It's it. interesting, though, in the New Testament, Saul is Paul, too. Meaning, like, that's the New Testament, right? Yes, guy. I know. Same that. name. Same yeah. name, but yeah. Yeah, like a thousand years later. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were the three kings that we really focus on are Saul, David, and Solomon. Yes. And then there's a, the Book of Kings, all the good ones, the bad ones, and all them. Uh, but most of the stories are about these three and the stuff that David went through. Now, I'll just leave you with this. The fact that it gives you some clarity on this the fact that jesus uses it as something that was proper and right to do david did it and jesus isn't saying david was wrong he's saying don't why aren't you saying he's wrong jesus isn't saying that david did the wrong thing right. david did what had to be done you know and um even, you know even if he had to he lied with good intention is how i view this but uh, it didn't work, and it would have been uh, just an absolute tragedy. So he brings that, and they all know that whole story. And so when he says it to them, they have no response. 
he says, well, why wasn't that a violation of the law? Because you guys revere David. Right. I mean, David's like, oh, there's right. Moses. He's like Jesus. Today. There's David. Yeah, yeah. The house of David is where Jesus will come from. I mean, there's Moses and there's David. That, yeah. mm-hmm. And he, so they have nothing to say. So he, on that point, he just shuts them up. And then he goes on to two more points. The next one's the, that, have you not read the law of the Sabbath work? But we'll quit there. We'll pick up on verse 5. They walk away saying, we got to get this. Yeah, and this, every time they try <laughs> yeah. to ambush him, yeah. he walks away and they say, and they don't say, we need to come up with a better plan. They say, we got to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> and and that, this is where it starts, right here. Yeah. we got to get rid of him. A few, yeah, a few verses later, after he puts them in their place, they gather together and say, what are we going to do about this? Mm. I mean, this is the official place where it uh, begins. begins. I mean, I'm sure they had thought about it and talked about it, but I mean, it becomes known. He's, so. under, he's undermining all our... We can't whatever. beat him. Yeah. We can't beat him. Let's kill him. Um, there's nothing else we can do. We just got to get rid of him. Little did they know. Well, and they were trying to get rid of his influence, and by killing him, they uh, just made him greater, you know, which is what... I'm still fascinated by Jesus saying uh, that he's compelled. I won't be at peace until I go do what I need to do. Jesus isn't dreading the cross. He's dreading not going to the cross. That is how committed he is to what he is to do. If you read some of the things he said, you know, I I am in turmoil waiting to get there to fulfill my mission. Um, You know, I I want it to come soon. I'm ready. And, but, you know, it has to be what it has to be. And which, and then it hits him at the, you know, which gives us some insight to the Garden of Gethsemane and him sweating blood, what it is he's actually sweating over. And it, it becomes really powerful. And this is, and the truth of the matter, all of this is for you. The whole thing. It's for you. It's for me. Um, just because he loves us. And, you know, people talk about why, why does God allow this to happen? Why does it, let's look at what we did to God. Because we, honestly, we have nothing to complain about. Mm. I don't. And I'm not challenging God. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, <laughs> how bad can you make it for me? No, I don't okay, want yeah, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so. No, we don't want that. No, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And I just ask that uh, uh, your word just find a home in our hearts and changes us, Lord, that we become part of the solution, not part of this problem. And I ask you to watch over my brothers and sisters, make them strong, wise, brave, and compassionate, and help them to glorify your name and what they think, what they do, and what they say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.